0: Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, a preview of some of the new attractions at the 2021 Minnesota State Fair and Golden Gopher football player, Blaze Andres. But first... St. Paul's SUNY Lee won the gold medal for women's gymnastics earlier this week at the Tokyo Olympics. 18-year-old Lee is the first Hmong American to make a U.S. Olympic team. State Representative Kali Vang Her was at the Lee Family and Friends viewing party in Oakdale when Lee won the gold. I mean,
1: I, I, uh, it's, I, can't even explain it with words. It's like, um, you know, the, the first few events, like, uh, you know, we knew bar was the second one, and you could hear a pin drop in that room, and every time she made a connection, we all clapped, but, like, we were so afraid to clap with enthusiasm because we knew there was so much more competition ahead, but when she stuck that landing in bars, like, we knew, like, you could tell in that space, like, we knew something great was going to happen, and we still kind of held back a little bit, and, you know, that floor routine came up, and, I mean, the the energy in it was just electric. We just could not contain ourselves. It just was, uh, like... You know, when you when you look at what how, you know, our history and where we've come from, understanding all of that was literally like we carried all of our hopes and our dreams of our ancestors through Sunisa. I mean it was amazing.
0: And you were you were in the room, uh I assume that uh and maybe I shouldn't assume this, but do you know uh Sunnis parents or have you gotten to meet them through this experience or for
1: through yeah. prior
0: experience? Uh, so I
1: wasn't. I was actually in the physical room. So my, I have my daughter that came with me, and we had friends. So we, I've actually known the family for a really long time. My daughter spent ten years at the same gym that Sunisa was at, and they started at the same level together as the little kiddos. You know, six years old, and so our families have known each other, and we always knew Suni was special. And so through the years, I mean, until Suni became a household name. You no, know, we, we were friends and we supported them in ways for the best way that we could, even around like, you know, donating to help them be able to get to competitions as SUNY moved up in ranks. I mean, we and our families have known each other for, you know, 10 years.
0: You talked about this a little bit, but uh, SUNY sort of representing the hopes and dreams uh, of uh, an entire culture that's here in Minnesota and throughout the country as well. I'm wondering if you can maybe just uh, elaborate on that a little bit. What, what does this mean to you personally today?
1: I mean, to me personally, I, you know, I think about the fact that, like, I was, I was, um, I came to this country, was born in Laos, and I came as a refugee, and I was one of the first generation of kids to grow up here. Though I was not born here, I was four years old when we came, and we've come a really long way from the days in which I used to forge my parents' signatures on sports forms so that I could play sports, and that you know we were just we were refugees trying to make a life here, and so we were we were told to focus on education. So anything like sports or arts was was not, um, was not supported within our community. And so for me, this within one generation, for us to have um, moved in a direction of which we support our daughters, uh, you know, from the, the traditional roles of how we see them, for somebody like Cindy to become an Olympian, I mean, I, I, I don't even have words to express what this actually means for us and the shift in how we see women in our culture and how we support our girls and invest in them like there's this is not just about a victory of winning gold and for pride of our country and our and you know in our culture and you know it, it is literally understanding that within a generation we have shifted the way our community looks at women and how we invest in them
0: a truly historic moment and some good perspective from state representative Kali Vang Hur Switching gears now, COVID-19, never off state officials' radar screen, came back into center of field this week as cases surged in some parts of the U.S. That, as the latest crime report sparked renewed debate between Republicans and Democrats. m ns Bill Werner joins us with a recap.
2: Scott, state health officials sounded a cautionary note prompted by the rise in cases from the emerging Delta variant of COVID. Commissioner Jan Malcolm.
3: Federal officials generally now referring to the dramatic case growth that's happening in the United States again as a pandemic of the unvaccinated.
2: Malcolm stressed the best defense is getting vaccinated.
3: 99.9% of Minnesotans who are fully vaccinated have not contracted the virus.
2: Health officials say so far the vaccines are holding up well, even against the Delta variant, but they stress that Minnesota's vaccination rate still isn't as high as it needs to be to squelch a possible resurgence of COVID. Commissioner Malcolm not speculating whether broad restrictions will again be needed in Minnesota.
3: Things look like they could go one way or another in terms of whether the, um, the variants will, will continue to kind of overcome the walls of defense or whether we can build those walls higher to make sure that that doesn't happen.
2: And Malcolm reiterated that vaccination is the best way to do that. But how high a percentage of the population is needed? We asked state health department's lead epidemiologist, Chris Ayersman.
3: In my mind, you know, I, my original goal had been 80% of our population vaccinated. And with that I would then be interested to see at what level of disease control we have.
2: But Ayersman stresses there's no magic number. About 70% of Minnesotans age 18 and over have had at least one dose of the vaccine. But Ayersman says those numbers are significantly lower among some age groups and in some areas of Minnesota. State officials said at this point they will not reimpose mask mandates in any area of Minnesota. That despite the CDC reversing course this week and recommending children and even vaccinated people wear masks indoors where COVID is surging due to the Delta variant... 14 Minnesota counties fall into that category, but State Health Commissioner Malcolm indicates any mask mandate is up to them.
3: At this point in time, that would be a, a local governmental decision.
2: But if Governor Tim Walz were to redeclare a COVID emergency, the state could again have that authority, although such action does not appear imminent as health officials continue tracking the situation. The governor said last week in Mankato,
1: I think in the state you will not see a, a statewide mask mandate. One of the things is I do not Possess that emergency power to do so but I think you'll see local folks make that
2: With the start of school only about a month away, state officials this week advised school districts to follow CDC guidance this fall that all students, teachers, staff and visitors wear masks indoors, even if vaccinated. State Education Commissioner Heather Mueller says individual school districts could mandate that masks be worn.
4: But that will not be something that comes from the Department of Health or the Department of Education.
2: CDC guidelines also recommend schools maintain three feet minimum between students in classrooms whenever possible and that everyone age 12 and older before returning in person to school should be vaccinated.
3: Do it now um, in order to have that full protection by the time
2: school starts. Says State Health Commissioner Malcolm. This week's latest report showing nearly a 17 percent jump in violent crimes in Minnesota in 2020 reignited a long-standing debate between Republicans and Democrats.
5: There were 185 murders in Minnesota last year compared to 117 in 2019, just shy of a 60 percent increase. It's also the highest ever number of murders in the state, two more than the previous record set in 1995. Arson was up nearly 54 percent, reversing a down- downward trend over the past several years. Motor vehicle thefts were up almost 20 percent, the highest number since 2005. Crimes reportedly based on bias were the highest in 15 years. 31 incidents involved officers shooting suspects, six more than the year before, and almost evenly split between the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota.
2: And officers were assaulted in the line of duty in 667 incidents in 2020. That's a 62% increase, more than any other year on record. Republican lawmakers this week blamed Democrats' policies for the dramatic increase in violent crime. Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka said this is why you can't go soft on crime. Representative Brian Johnson from Cambridge says House Republicans put forward numerous proposals that were rejected by Democrats who he says focused on reducing consequences for criminals.
3: Everybody deserves to be able to let their kids play out in their front yard or their backyard, not have to worry about it.
2: Democratic Senator Ron Latz from St. Louis Park responded, Republicans are exploiting the public safety issue for, as he put it, crass political purposes. Latz said it is not anti-law enforcement to be pro-racial justice, and he said it's not pro-crime to be against excessive use of force by officers. Republican Representative Johnson contends the dramatic increase in violent crime in Minnesota partly due to lack of support for law enforcement.
3: They have a, one heck of a job that they're trying to do right now. They'll be scrutinized by every turn that they take, and it's not helping to solve crime because they're skittish in actually doing their job.
2: Democrats point to the police killings of George Floyd and Dante Wright, arguing one part of stemming the increase in violent crime is restoring communities' trust in law enforcement through significant police reforms.
0: Scott? Thank you, Bill. A preview of new State Fair attractions when Minnesota Matters returns.
1: Minnesota Rural Electric Cooperatives. Who are we? We're your neighbors, coworkers, and friends. That's right, we live and work in the community too. Because of that, we're committed to making sure our electric services stay reliable, affordable, and safe. Throughout the state, Minnesota electric co-ops work independent of each other, but with the same goal, provide power to Minnesota. You have so many other things to worry about. Your electricity isn't one of them. Minnesota Rural Electric Cooperatives. Bringing power to the people of Minnesota.
0: Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. After taking a year off last summer due to COVID, the state fair is expected to be back in full swing again this year. There are several new features and attractions expected for summer 2021, and I spoke with the fair's Danielle Dullinger to get the rundown.
6: Well, we're- absolutely thrilled, first off, to be even having the great Minnesota get back together. To us, that's the biggest new attraction there is, the fact that after two years, we're able to come back and gather safely together here in person at the Minnesota State Fair. But in addition, we can't have just, you know, we having something new every year is very important. So um, it's that mix of tradition and mix of what's new that we think keep people coming back year after year. So we did announce the new attractions, exhibits, rides, experiences that you can experience this year at the 2021 Minnesota State Fair. Um, So one of them that I'm very excited about is in the old Adventure Park location, which was kind of right across from that Sweet Martha's location on the west end of the fairgrounds, is Joyful World Mural Park. So we'll actually have local artists painting on ten large-scale artworks that reflect the world that they want to live in So, through throughout those 12 days they'll be on site creating those murals so you'll be able to see that in person up close interacting with artists as they create these really spectacular pieces
0: I'm wondering what kinds of other new attractions are we going to be seeing at the fair this year
6: we will have a brand new ride this year. So Riptide is a roller coaster. It's 55 feet high. It has tons of ups and downs, twists and turns, and that will be at Mighty Midway. In addition, um, as I mentioned, Adventure Park is moving to a new location on the south end of the fairgrounds right by the Dairy Building. So all those attractions, the biggest thrills that you could find at the fair, they'll still be here. They're just in a new location. So that's what we have in terms of rides. Everyone also loves food. That's a big part of it. So we did announce new foods um, a couple weeks ago, but we did add two new food vendors since then. So we've had Baba's and Solem Concessions Cheese Curds and Mini Donuts. Um, Baba's will have actually a variety of hummus bowls and different kind of bowls featuring hummus. So that's a great new addition that will be on the north end of the fairgrounds. We will also have Solem Concessions Cheese Curds and Mini Donuts. And they will actually have brand new to the fair, Blueberry Mini Donuts and Cheese Curds in a brand new flavor of Cajun, along with a number, a number of other flavors that will also be on the north end of the fairgrounds.
0: Boy, as you're mentioning this stuff, it's making me excited for the fair. And I imagine that's going to be the case with our our listeners as well, who feel as though they they missed something last year when the fair was canceled. I guess it wouldn't be a modern day uh, event without something to do with COVID and vaccinations. There's going to be a clinic at the fair. Tell me a little bit about that, please.
6: We will be hosting along with Minnesota Department of Health, a COVID community vaccination clinic at the fair that will actually be taking place in the North End Event Center, which was brand new in 2019. Um, But these free vaccinations are open to all eligible Minnesotans, no appointment required, no identification required, and no insurance is necessary. So if you have not gotten that shot yet, we encourage you to do so in the North End Event Center this year during the fair.
0: Danielle, as we wrap things up here, I'm wondering, anything you need uh, our listeners to know, folks that are going to be attending the fair this year that's new that you want them to be aware of, um, or just an opportunity for you to remind folks where they can find out about some of these great new features?
6: Well, everything always can be found at our website, mnstatefair.org. That is going to be your home base To learn about everything this year happening at the fair so we may have a few new things this year things may be changing obviously the last year has has changed a lot of things for everyone so we encourage you to head to our website mnstatefair.org and click on that updates page that is on the home page of our website there we will talk about health and safety public safety admission tickets everything you need to know this year before going to the fair. While things may look quite similar at this moment, um, things may be slightly different than you're used to. So we would encourage everyone before you come to make sure that you check that updates page. In addition, pre-fair discount tickets are on sale now, so we'd encourage you to get your tickets ahead of time. They're just $13, good for anyone, any age, any day of the fair. Um, So again, mnstatefair.org is going to be your home base for everything you need to know about coming to the fair this year.
0: Danielle, so much good information. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I appreciate it.
6: Thanks so much for having me. We can't wait to see you at the fair.
0: Thank you to my guest, Danielle Dullinger with the Minnesota State Fair. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Sticking with the State Fair preview theme, among the new and exciting offerings at the fair, the Minnesota Farm Bureau Association building will have a new look this year. J.W. Cox takes a deeper look at how the Bureau is trying to make an even bigger impact on fairgoers this year.
5: Scott, the keywords are technology and refresh. Anyone who has visited the Farm Bureau building over the years can't help but leave with at least some tidbit about farming they didn't walk in with. For Farm Bureau Foundation Director Ruth Merrick, they still have that end goal, but are leaning into new ways to present the Minnesota specific farm information.
4: Fairgoers will be able to walk into the Minnesota Farm Bureau this year and have the opportunity to interact with high technology interactive displays that are colorful and engaging. Um, They will be able to play trivia games that are arcade style. They'll be able to walk up to a grocery store scanner and scan products about uh, that are grown in Minnesota or produced in Minnesota and learn factual information rather than giving a price back. It's going to give you a little tidbit of information about that product or maybe how many acres are grown in the in minnesota or what is unique about the company that maybe banks um, that product in minnesota uh, they'll be able to see products our theme this year is called farmers produce more than produce and uh, we really wanted to have fair goers see that things that come from the farm are beyond what we have on our food plate, that there's lots of different things like tires, pharmaceuticals, latex paint, just a plethora of different things that we use every single day in our lives that sometimes we take for granted.
5: Merrick says while well, they joined in the disappointment everyone shared in missing out on the 2020 fair, that proved a beneficial moment to undertake a reimagining of the Farm Bureau building that goes well beyond physical updates to the structure.
4: Honestly, we just wanted to engage um, fair goers in a new way. Uh, we have this great opportunity to use technology and to use um, some of the interactive uh, technology that we have not used in our building before. And we just really feel that fair goers wanna be entertained. They wanna be able to use all their senses. We know that we only have nine seconds to make an impact where fair goers are gonna stick around. And we think that our new exhibits by using some of this uh, new, um, Interaction and, and the the arcade and kind of the fun things that we'll be able to do that. And what's most important is is that when they walk in, is that they walk out learning something about farming that they didn't know before. They also have the opportunity to interact with farm farmers and farm families from across Minnesota because we bring our Farm Bureau members in. That are, in, that are involved in agriculture every single day.
5: The update and the excitement around the building, Merrick says, will make the Farm Bureau, as part of the fair itself, a perfect gathering spot for all Minnesotans, but especially for the farmers.
4: Between COVID and what's happening now with the drought, is you know there there was some. There's definitely times of challenge in for people to get together and and be able to talk about something that's completely different than. than what might be impacting them at the very given moment at their home or within their on their farms is a great you know opportunity it just sort of releases and have that conversation that um you know we can look beyond maybe the current challenge but talk about things and the good things that are in our future as farmers and, and farm families Uh, And those are the products, those are the things that we bring to people on a day-to-day basis. It reminds us of the good and the greater good that we contribute as farmers and and ranchers across Minnesota. Those things that we bring to the lives and the tables of people, you know, throughout the world.
5: Merrick says she just saw firsthand the benefits to be had from a boost of togetherness.
4: You know, we just held a LEAP conference in Sioux Falls. And people are ready to get together, and people are ready to to talk about common common things, whether it be a challenge or not. But farmers and farm ranchers, I am always amazed at how op- optimistic they are about the future and their and their roles as farmers. Uh, it is it never um, disappoints to see people that get together, uh, ready to learn and ready to uh, engage in conversation. We'll be able to do that at this fair. Our farm families are really ready. And, and, you know, despite the challenges we have, they are the most optimistic people in the world.
5: And what about if Merrick was an everyday fair goer? What would be her first stop when visiting the Farm Bureau building?
4: I think the grocery store scanner because, you know, when you're a little kid and you watch the grocery store lady, doesn't everybody want to be the grocery store lady that's scanning the products that go across? And anybody can do that now. But they're going to be able to learn about things that we use every single day and learn about them in a very unique way. I would say absolutely go in and have, uh, get engaged with our grocery store scanner. Or the other one is, is that we have two interactive uh, video games in there. One specifically on animal agriculture, one specifically on crops in Minnesota. You can find a partner and you can compete against each other on who knows the most about both of those areas. And, And I would say don't miss that too.
5: You heard her, Scott. Buzzers at the ready, the games, and the fair begin in less than a month. Back to you.
0: Thank you, JW. Minnesota Matters returns after this.
1: doing your
4: surgery is over oh
2: it's over what happened hi mr detweiler dr newman here
7: you have a new knee it went great you'll be up and around before you know it and it's all because of you uh
5: what did i do
7: you were captain of team detweiler You told us everything we needed to know. Your medical history, your allergies and prescription meds. You asked me tons of questions. What your options to surgery might be, what to expect during recovery. You even asked me how many knee replacements I've already done.
8: Huh, I guess I did kind of run the whole operation, didn't I? Mr. Detweiler, we couldn't have done it without you.
1: Patient safety. It takes a team, and patient involvement is key. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons. With more tips at orthoinfo.org/patient safety.
0: Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The Golden Gopher football team is just more than a month away from opening the football season with the home game against Ohio State at Huntington Bank Stadium. Fall camp starts on campus next week. Minnesota senior offensive lineman Blaze Andries of Marshall was recently named an academic All-American for the second straight season and is working hard on and off the field. On the field, he tells MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm that the summer workouts are an important piece to being a good football team
7: the summer's huge really it's it's your last chance to get better before camp and you obviously want to be the best going into camp because everyone's going to get better in camp because you have to i mean that's that's what camp is for but it's your last chance to not not only prepare yourself but to be over prepared like you can get extra film work in, extra meeting time with the coaches which we also do there's just you have you have so much time in the summer You know, uh, it might not feel like that on a day-to-day basis, but you have so much time to be able to perfect your craft, and that's what everyone is doing.
8: What's your sense? Obviously, you're getting closer and closer to that September 2nd season opener, fall camp now less than a month from starting. Um, What's your sense on where this team can go and how good it can be?
7: We have a lot of returning players, and we've uh, got a lot of depth. So I think this team can, can do great things, honestly. I'm really excited, really, really excited about uh, the start of the season and and the season in general.
8: You were in the headlines this week. You were named an academic all-American for a second straight time. You've also been a a, a, a academic all big Ten selection each of your years at Minnesota. So I wanted to ask you about that and about the balance between classroom and uh, and football and how, how do you get it all done? I mean, I'm sure it's a it's a tremendous amount of effort and and uh, time management with everything
7: yeah yeah um thank you um and you know just thank thanks to the coaching staff and and the support staff and the academics here they, they're like so amazing and how they support us with our academics if you need help you can get help you just have to ask for it right and then you know one one thing i uh think not many people credit the uh academics to is in, in the fall, we, we practice in the morning so we can have more time in the afternoon for classes. You you get done you get done with your work by noon most days. And then from noon to 10 p.m. or whenever you need to go till, you have all that time to get your academics done and you have all that time to, to yourself, really. So you kind of get to schedule out your day that way. Um, and then in the spring, we practice in the afternoon, and it's kind of in the later afternoon. So you get the morning, you get... 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. to figure out your academics, and you really, uh, you really have a lot of freedom in that, and that that helps you take more classes uh, and really just do more.
8: You, you mentioned an insurance minor if I if I remember correctly, you're a math major right in mathematics and, yep. and is it right? Am I remembering this that you want to be an actuary uh, eventually? Maybe yep. after a long NFL career you can be an actuary right?
7: Yeah yeah so that was that was the original plans. Uh, so I graduated this spring with a math uh, actuarial science degree um, and a minor in statistics and insurance. And now this fall, I'm going into a master's in applied business analytics. So that is uh, basically the same statistics, the same math, uh, but now we're adding coding and we're adding a more broader sense of business. So if actuarial uh, science doesn't work out uh, eventually, then, you know, I've got a more broader sense than just uh, insurance, so. But yeah, I mean that—that's the plan, though. Uh, being an actuary, I've passed two of the exams, and you know I'm looking to pass more eventually. But right now, uh, football is <laughs> kind of taking
0: the front seat. That's go for football player Blaze Andres of Marshall with MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm. That's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.